What's up, everyone? It's the Annie Up Podcast here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. I'm Adam Ronis. Our bender is off for the week, so I'm going to bring in different people across the industry as special guests. And who better to kick off the week with than someone that I work with for a long time? If you listen to morning radio on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio from the beginning, you know exactly who I'm talking about. It's my guy, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive now with Sports Illustrated. Corey, what's up? What's the deal, Ronis? Definitely glad to hop on in those with some memorable days. Uh, back, uh, you know, what, so going on a decade or something. I think it's my daughter's 10 years old, so going on a decade or something like that now. Maybe, you know, getting closing in on a decade and definitely had some good times uh, doing the Roto Experts in the morning at that God early wake up call. But you know what? We got in there and when they let us, we really made it pop. Yeah, we definitely did. It was a lot of fun. You talk about being up early. I'm a night owl, so I was not used to that. And I remember, too, the first time Scott brought me in, he was like, yeah, we're going to do this show around 8 a.m. And I was like, oh, OK, fine. Then he comes back and he's like, yeah, it looks like it's going to be 7 a.m. Eastern. And I said, no, nah, I'm not doing that. And then he's like, well, it's 7 a.m. So you're the in or out. And I wasn't going to pass up that opportunity. So I did it. But there were very few nights of full rest. There were nights where I was up the whole night and just said, all right, I can't fall asleep. I'm just going to go into the city early and get some breakfast. But, you know, the one thing is we had so much fun on that show. And people pointed out to me, in fact, you know, Justin Fenstermann, who I work with now on Alarm After Hours, and he's with Fantasy Alarm, he was like, I was so jealous of you guys, man. That show was so much fun. You know, he'd hear you chiming in, laughing. He's like, I was so jealous of Corey because you guys had so much fun. Yeah, no, nah, we, we had a lot of fun. And, and listen, we had a lot of fun. It, we really did. And people still to this day, they bring up and they talk. You get DMs and people mention, you know, the Roto Experts in the morning and how good of a, a program that was. I t- I'm telling you, Ronis, no bullshit. I've had people tell me that they would say like, yo, son, straight up. That they thought that Roto Experts in the morning was doing better number than how better numbers than Howard Stern, and we we used to come into the studio, and the phone lines be lighting up before the show started, and it was just it was just an amazing experience, and um obviously you know it helped shape us along the way, so I definitely thankful for the days of doing the Roto Experts in the morning. It was definitely we we used to really rock that joint. <clears throat> Even yeah, with Scott, did, which was crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we had to carry Scott <laughs> on our shoulders, man. You know, <laughs> carry Scott for like six years, and it was good, and it was amazing. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, you bring Nando into the mix with the Fantasy Funhouse, and that was another huge success as well. Yeah, man. I mean, that's the bottom line: is we had a lot of fun. It was entertaining, which you need in a morning show. It was also informative. Except when Scott was giving advice. Uh, <laughs> and I know people are going to go back to Scott and like, they're killing you. We yeah, do this so all what? the time. Yeah, Whether Scott is present face, or not, me. like if Scott was here right now, we'd still talk this shit to his face. Yeah, so this no, is not, not behind his back. Not at all behind his back. Scott knows if me and you are talking, we're going to be doing some talking about him at some point. But listen, we work for Scott with a ton of years. And, you know, Scott is the king. He's the man. And you see all the great things he does in the industry and stuff like that. So we're definitely friends with Scott. But it's like, it's, it's, Scott's one of those dudes. He's like low-hanging fruit. It's very easy to pick on Scott. But let me tell you something. Scott will give it right back to you, too. He does. And he got better as the years went along. Yes, he, he was really kind did. of very sensitive at the beginning. And then he just got a little bit better, took it, and then just dished it out as well. And he did come back as well. But uh, the bottom line is, you know, that was a very successful show. That was a lot of fun. And I think the people who were listening sensed that. And it also, it was like, 
you know this, when you hang out with your friends, right? At least with me growing up and, and even still to this day, you sit around with your friends, you bullshit and you make fun of each other. And that's no, what that, we did. That's what we did. We did it for four, sometimes five hours a day. We used to have some wild <laughs> schedules, son. Like, son, you be through 25 hours of radio a week. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I can't believe that. You know what I'm saying? And um, now nah, we had we had we had a ton of fun and the audience, you know, some good friends. We people came to visit us, you know what I'm saying? Ron Cafferty and Brian Ambos and the list goes on and on. And guys that, you know, came through and really took a part of the showing and got to become friends with the listeners and stuff like that. So I remember at one I remember one time we was at um Tout Wars joint, you know, that the one night of year that Scott's allowed to come out and eat his shepherd's pie. Yeah, that's the <laughs> night he's not folding panties that that's night. Exactly, he saves it for the, the night. next night. That's night like he's not on panty folding duty. Well, you so, know why he comes out for that, right? We, we already know. To get, to get the free, to get the free food. <laughs> exactly. Oh, what? You don't got to pay? Oh, $20 or something? Yeah, I'm there. Let me get a shepherd, a shepherd pie in your finest diet coke. <laughs> yeah, that's why he was out, man. We never, he would never come out for. A, well, there was one other situation where he would, but I don't want to mention what that yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of places he would go and go in his own pocket. Exactly. Likes me. <laughs> 2 p.m. in the afternoon, which is when uh, most people don't go to that establishment at that time. Uh, but he didn't mind because no, he didn't mind. He said no because you know it's more attention. Yeah, all right. <laughs> oh man, the king Scott Angle. But yeah, it was it was definitely great times, and uh, that's why I'm glad to be back. And that's the biggest question I have to ask you is how much do you miss working with me? Nah, yeah, all right, whatever. Nah, I tell you, nah, we had a lot of fun, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, your roto arrogance is, is still all. Uh, Wait a second. Roto arrogance? Where does that come from? Still very high level roto arrogance. Who was I talking to recently? And they were, they mentioned something about a league that Ronis was in. And they were, and they said something about I was like, oh, that's how Ronis is. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that's how Ronis is. What did they do? He's I want to know now. Competitive. Did, did, um, did you and Atkins do a league last year or something like that? Maybe it was the industry league. Well, I represented them in the FSGA last year and won, which is why they were in the A League this year. Yeah, and won. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys won that? No, we lost in the championship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so I didn't share that team though. I that was I did that on my own. Yeah, nah. Me and Atkins did that joint this year. I drafted the team. He spent more time running it. Uh, small Scott Atkins from Fantasy Football World Championship, and uh, and over there with the Maven crew. So um, he's you know we 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 did. The, I remember sitting down here one night doing the draft, uh, live on Zoom, whatever. Nando, everybody was in the room. Nando got the real ill like professor set up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Zoom calls, whatever. He was sitting there like a guy. I, you always kind of figure Nando was sitting there like a bar drinking a beer, but he had like the the PhD and all the stuff in the background. I'm like, look at Nando. <laughs> well, I'm very educated, so I just needed to show it to everyone who was watching on that Zoom call. Shout <laughs> to Nando Defino. Yeah, I did. An impression last week. Bender never heard it before, and I was doing it, and he was like, "Wow, that is so good." Because uh, Nando actually, it was so. I don't know if you saw this tweet last week, but um, so this podcast, Andy Up, got nominated for FSWA award, and then Nando responds and goes, "Well, whatever they're doing, we're doing it better over here." And Chris Vaccaro responds, "Well, it took a while, but Nando's true colors finally shine out." <laughs> Yeah, no, I've done some of the stuff over there last year. Did a couple of joints uh, on the athletic, you know what I'm saying? So 
We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, man, we we had a good group uh, that was together for a while, and obviously everyone is doing their own thing in separate places, but we definitely have good memories. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the championship games from this weekend, and Tampa Bay gets it done over Green Bay 31-26. The big decision in that game that everyone is talking about Late in the fourth quarter, a little over two minutes left, Green Bay elects to go for a field goal on fourth and goal from the eight. They kick it. They never get the ball back. And most people at that time thought it was a horrible decision. I know I did. I just don't think you can risk not getting the ball back. You have Aaron Rodgers, who has an MVP season with 48 passing touchdowns. I feel like you have to take a shot there. What's the worst case scenario? You get stopped and now Tampa's deep in their own territory and you still have the two-minute warning and the three timeouts and maybe you get a shorter field. Uh, what were your thoughts on the decision to go yeah, for the Yeah, I didn't like the decision at all. I, I thought they really dropped the ball there. Uh, even the decision for Aaron Rodgers to throw that pass across his body and not to make a run and see if he can get it set up, especially if they was going to kick the field going on fourth down anyway. He put yourself in a little better position to go for it. I thought it was a big mistake. Something about that last drive, that last sequence, just didn't seem right with me, didn't sit right with me. I think LaFleur might be a little bit in over his head when it comes to some of these big times games. We've seen this team, you know, get destroyed last year in the NFC Championship, then another a loss this year. Rodgers now won in four in the championship games and basically been carrying this team by himself. Interesting to see if he's going to come back next year. I think he will, but I think he's definitely going to give them a, a run for their money. Uh, I think he's going to use the situation as leverage, and I think he's going to attempt to get out of there, but eventually the Packers are going to cave and open up the purse strings a little bit more. Because yeah, he's doing this with nobody besides Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I was surprised in this offseason they didn't add anyone. They had a good running game. We know Aaron Jones got hurt in this game. I don't think he was going to do much anyway. Tampa's really good against the run. First game this year, Jones had 10 carries, 15 yards against Tampa Bay. So that's why I did not attempt to play him in DFS and pay up for him. Uh, but we all thought during the draft, like, this is a loaded wide receiver class. Green Bay's got to take a wide receiver, and they never did. It was surprising. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm shocked, and we saw uh, some great play from these rookie wide receivers in, in the Packers. You put one of them in that system on the other side of Devontae Adams. You can have a star for years. But, you know, there's going to be some more guys come out. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle the draft this year. Rodgers is definitely going to put that team on the clock. Jordan Love. You got to sit a little bit longer, especially with Rodgers coming off an MVP season. But um, it, it's just – it just didn't – everything about yesterday with Green Bay didn't look funny. I didn't really like them this season. I thought that they had gotten fat two years in a row now, and I figured they would go down in the playoffs. And I actually had Tampa making Super Bowl in the NFC because I just think that once Brian Leftwich and Tom Brady started to get Bruce Arians out of that offense and more into the kind of offense that Brady wanted to run, I think that's when you saw that team start to um get on this hot streak. Yeah, I'm with you on Green Bay. I've been saying it two years in a row that I didn't think they were that good. It's taken until the NFC Championship both years to be correct, but I just didn't see this as a championship-caliber team. Now, Tom Brady, you know, three touchdowns in this game, did throw three interceptions. I mean, he gave opportunities back That's to Green Bay's That's one of the best offense. things about the Packers. They, the Packers are good on the back end. They can't take the ball away, but Brady was still able to win the game. Yeah, and I was kind of not having a debate going back and forth with someone yesterday, like, you know— to me, Tom Brady, the difference was this year, this might be the best array of weapons he's had. Like, yeah. two years ago, he threw 29 touchdown passes. Last year, he only had 24. He threw 40 this year. Why is that? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Gronk, Brady. Like, this is, like, the best array of weapons he might have had in his career. Well, and then you see that he goes there. That's kind of why he picked, you know, Tampa Bay to be the players because he knew that they had weapons there. And I'm, I'm sure he told him with that draft pick, 
Don't worry about running back. We can find we can figure out that running back. Go get Tristan Wirfs. And Tristan Wirfs was a great addition. He started all year for that team, you know, protecting Tom Brady as a rookie. So they had they had the talent in place. They had the scheme in place. I think Am- I think Rodgers and Leftwich eventually overtook Arians with the play calling and the scheme of the offense. Um, so listen, this is embarrassing, son. You have the Buccaneers in the championship. You have the Rays in the championship, and then you have the Lightning in the championship. And we can't even get one New York team into the into the into the into a championship game. Well, don't worry. The New York. Oh, Mets. it's not going to be the best. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> and uh, I know I, we'll we'll get into this later. Yeah, I, you know, I don't even think about that. I know. I know, don't even think I, about that. That's not a New York team. The, wait a second. The Brooklyn Nets are not a New York team. It's not a New York team. It's not um, a New York team, Ronan. That team has no ties to New York. Uh, last I checked, and I went there. Uh, the Barclays Center is in Flatbush, Brooklyn. The Barclays Center is in Flatbush, Brooklyn, but they grifted into Brooklyn. That's really Nassau County, New Jersey. That's not a New York team. I don't, I don't claim the Brooklyn Nets as a New York team. So it's only one basketball team in this city, and that's the Knicks. And, you know, they ain't been good in two decades <laughs> either. We'll talk some hoops in a little bit. But first, uh, Bills Chiefs. I mean, I, I, there's really not much here. I mean, the Bills jumped out to a 9 nothing lead, but we all know. Kansas City has been in this spot before. The only question I had going into this game is, okay, what's the health of Patrick Mahomes? More his toe than his concussion because he got cleared. Uh, and Kansas City just put on a clinic, man. Tyreek Hill, once again, 9 for 172. Travis Kelsey, if you didn't play him in DFS yesterday, I mean, you need to not play DFS anymore. Like, how do you fade that guy? Uh, with the tight end slate, you know, 8K. And, yeah, there were some good cheap tight ends, but – you got to play the guy. He had two touchdowns against Buffalo in the regular season. They're not good against tight ends. Um, Kansas City is just a, a ridiculous team, and I'm not surprised by this. Like, all year I was, like, kind of rooting for the Bills. My heart wanted to take the Bills, but I couldn't. I, like, how do you bet against this Chiefs team? We have not I, – so I, I saw this yesterday. The Chiefs have scored at least 30 points in every playoff game Patrick Mahomes has been in except last week, and I'm going to throw that one out when they scored 22 against Cleveland. He left midway through the third quarter. They easily would have scored another touchdown or two if Mahomes was there. No one has stopped this team. The 49ers' defense was great, was really good last year. They couldn't stop them. So this wasn't surprising at all to me. No, it's kind of like I had mentioned it to somebody earlier in the week. It's kind of like when you get the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals and you got the lead in game six. And something just goes, okay, Lord, the Warriors hating, not the Warriors now. And something just clicks, and they're like, okay, you know what? Time to stop fooling around. Let's go ahead and mop these dudes up. And that's basically what the Chiefs done. Terrible against the spread this season. Just like Golden State was terrible against the spread throughout the course of their run. They just just get to a point where they say, okay, listen, it's time to stop fooling around. And yesterday in the second quarter, they hit that stride, and you saw that it's going to be very difficult to beat them, even though I will be picking and rooting for the Buccaneers. Oh, you'll be taking them with the three points? Taking them with the three, rooting for them to win the game. I want to get a Super Bowl for my guy. Yeah, I gotta get you, I gotta get I gotta get a ring for my guy, bro. Antonio Brown or Antonio Brown, yes. I will Ronas, I'm going down with Antonio Brown, son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never letting that go. <laughs> Do you think they're gonna win the game though? It's gonna be very difficult. <laughs> yeah, I was don't you think money's gonna be coming in on Tampa because they're home and Brady and everything? All right, so here's the deal. This is how it's been the past couple of weeks. And obviously, you know, in Sports Illustrated, we got the 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 um 
the resources right from the strip. So against the Saints, the Saint, the books was heavy on Saints money. They needed Tom Brady to come through for them. Yesterday was very interesting. You was able to get a tell yesterday, right? So everybody, 92% of the teasers at one book was teasing the was teasing the uh Buccaneers up and was teasing the um the Bills up. So that said to me, one of these teams is going to win by more than 10 points because Vegas is not going to get hammered like that on the teaser. So, of course, Vegas needed Aaron Rodgers to come through for them yesterday. He didn't. When Aaron Rodgers didn't come through, I ran to the computer and I laid the Kansas City Chiefs at minus nine and a half at like plus 195. I think the books were okay this weekend uh, since Conor McGregor lost. 90% yeah. of the money yeah. was on him. So they were good when whatever happened on Sunday. Funny about the Conor thing, DraftKings had the, 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 the odds boost where they put Conor at even money. When I saw that, I was like, go the other way. Go the other way. Because they're not going to give you that. Son, whenever you see an odds boost, it's a loser in there somewhere. Yo, it, most of the time it really is, man. It's a loser in those odds boosts. It's, a lose, it's always a loser in those odds boosts, son. Always. Why I never mess with the ones like, oh, this team, this team, and this team wins. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I never well, look at those. Well, you know what those. I do with those? I find out which one of their opponents is going to win. Right. An underdog wins in the NBA every night. So, oh, but okay. back to the Bowl, I think the books are going to be heavy. I think the books are going to need Tom Brady again. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to follow that movement over the next couple of weeks uh, leading up to the Super Bowl. Uh, but when we return, after we hear – from our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. We're going to talk some NBA, but first a word from Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyNightFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P. You will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we... Uh, Pay the bills. Back here, it's the Andy Up Podcast. Adam Ronis along with Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. Again, find all his work at Sports Illustrated. He does a lot of NBA sports betting like me on wageralarm.com. And we've been texting back and forth. The start of the NBA season, I thought, for sports betting was pretty rough. I mean, it was difficult to get a handle on things. I think it's gotten a little bit better lately. I've obviously been doing a lot more player props and giving those out and less on the totals and the um, sides. I think it's gotten better for you as well. What are some of the things that have kind of 
helped you over the last couple of weeks while you think you're picking up on it a little bit better now? So I talked to a, I talked to a sports book director because I was like flabbergasted, son. Because I'm like, yo, uh, this is this is this is this is pretty pitiful. You know what I'm saying? Also, like a three and eleven start. Now it happens. You know what I'm saying? Right, I mean, but not like that, dude. I was in the same boat, bro. I'm like looking in the mirror, like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? Because I've been doing good the last couple of years, and I couldn't get shit right. At one point last season, before the bubble, I was 14 games over 500. So I'm like, this is something I know how to do. Could be off to a slow start, but I just, I just, son, I was giving out favorites that was getting blown out by 30 points. Yeah, I, I feel I'm, you, man. It's and like, I'm like, yo, what's going on? So I talked to a director at a book. He really wouldn't give me too much information. But what he told me was, he said, I'm willing to take $2,000 bet on any side. He said, I'm only going to give you $200 on any total, on any player prop. And I was like, okay, then that's where the money's at. That's where the books are getting killed. And what, you, what I've been doing is I've been jumping on some of these totals as soon as they drop. So, like, for example, now this was a bad beat. I believe it was, it was, it was, it was a couple nights ago. It was, it was somebody, Timberwolves and somebody, and they had a 65.4th quarter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's the thing. That number opened at 223. It dropped to, like, 217. Now, it was on, to, it was, it was on total to hit the under the whole game, but you had a nice little, you know, you had a nice little, a nice little piece of leeway right there. So just getting on some of these totals, especially with these teams that can't score, like the Pistons can't score. You know what I'm saying? These teams that don't score the, 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 the magic when they were having all their injury concerns. They weren't scoring over 100 points, but the totals were always being like the 220s. So I'm just, you know, I got on some of those unders and was hitting those. And as far as the sides go, it's starting to clear up a little bit. I'm going to see what's going to, what tonight's going to bring. I think tonight's going to be an interesting night. I think probably in my last seven sides, I'm five and two. But um, I want to see if I'm tonight. I think it's going to be critical to see, you know, kind of where we stand if, and if it's starting to and if it's starting to shake out right. And by the way, we are recording this Monday night. Most of you yep. will hear this Tuesday, so a big slate on Monday night uh, as well. So, uh, what are, what are your early impressions though of the NBA season? As what stood out to you? I mean, to me, it still looks like the Lakers are clearly the team to beat. I think they're better than last year. Uh, the Clippers are right behind them right now, although we did find out today Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly look like going to be out at least a week due to health uh, protocols. We don't know if there is any positive test, but that's something frequent going through the NBA. But what have been your early impressions of the NBA season so far? Well, you start with the Lakers. Um, they're better than they were last year, <clears throat> which is crazy. And I think that they should um, have an easy time getting back uh, to the finals and probably an easy time winning the championship as well. We'll see what ends up happening with the team that plays at the Barclays Center. Speaking with a team that plays at the Barclays Center, obviously a super team. Everybody's going to root against a super team. I just find it fascinating that Kyrie Irving can up and take off two and a half weeks with kind of no repercussion. I this know. Is the, this is the New York media, and nobody's kind of saying anything. But here's the thing with Kyrie is <clears throat> he's the kind of cat, Ronis, where if you criticize him, he finds a way to turn it back on you and make you look like the asshole. You know what I'm saying? Are like you I talking about like a lot of the things he's been doing off the court, donating money and everything? Was, yeah, you see when you see and you you think about that, but this, my thing is this: okay, well, what about your play? How you quit on this team early? You you got ran out of Boston, right? You you got you you left. You cried your way out of Cleveland. You got ran out of Boston. You quit on them last year. Then you said they need to get somebody else in here. Well, you were supposed to be the person they brought in here. Then you get back here and you get with Kevin Durant and you get the team you want. And you play like three or four games and you disappear. And I'm just like, yo, what is going on with this dude? You know what I'm saying? But 
everybody's like very nobody really likes to criticize him heavily. You know what I'm saying? Because he kind of comes across as, oh, well, I'm doing this and I'm worried about this and this matter and that matter. I'm like, okay, but what about playing basketball with this team? And here you are in New York City and the media is basically giving him a pass. It is true. You haven't really heard anything since. He's been back on the court putting up numbers. I mean, look, I think Brooklyn is doing exactly what we thought. They're going to put up a lot of points. They're going to play awful defense and... We'll see what happens. I gave out their over. I know it's high. When I gave it out, it was 235 and a half. And that's what people need to understand. And I know you do, you know this better than anyone. You know, we we write our articles at a certain time. Yes, There's going to be tough. movement, man. There's it's movement. Tough. Yeah, like I gave out the Spurs minus seven on Sunday. And I didn't even know Westbrook was playing when I wrote it up. And then the line went down to six. And it was close throughout, but they pulled away. They did cover. Um, but I've gotten burned. There was a night, oh, Pacers and Clippers. I thought the Pacers early in the season when they were healthy were undervalued. Like they and really so I said, were, son. So yeah, bonus, and I was like, all right, the bonus they were is at, so good, son. Dude, at that time they were four no as underdogs against the spread. So I gave them out because I it was a, probably a day with a football game. So I wrote it up early, plus six. What happens after it's published an hour later? Miles Turner is out. I'm like, oh yep. shit. Now I don't want to play it. And the line moved to eight and they got blown out. So they got laid off. They got I remember that night they did get hammered that night. Yeah. So that's the thing with the NBA. Like, so how do you look at it? Do you go, because I think sometimes if you make the play early, sometimes you get lucky and it works in your favor. But other times you get burned. So do you like to wager early in the day or do you like to wait? Or what does it depend on? Well, to see the thing about it is with the, the schedule of the video crew and stuff like that and the schedule of the editors. Like a lot of times, you know, my editor wants the, my, my editor wants, really wants tomorrow's tonight. You, got, you like, can't it's, do it's, it's, it for the no NBA. Lines. Yes, you can't do it for the NBA. It's no lines. It's no well, lines. Don't know no Spandle does put them out. Well, late, well, it depends what time at night. They usually come out after all the games are over. Yeah, uh-huh. So that's late. Like, you know, tonight the last game is 10 o'clock. So you might start seeing them around 12.30 a.m., 1 a.m. Eastern, maybe. DraftKings, I noticed they're earlier on Fanduel compared to DraftKings. Yeah, so that's good, right? So, I, you know, I get up about noon. I'll start writing it up depending on what the rest of the duties are, are called for. I do the video around two thirty. Something may change by then, but it's you know at six 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 thirty before I'm really pulling the trigger. You know what I'm saying? And I hate and listen. If I have to change something that's in the article, I hate to do that. You know what I'm saying? But I got to keep my bankroll fresh. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's kind of the struggle I'm going through right now. You know, it makes it tough, difficult with those bets and stuff like that. But a, a couple of things, um, I think. The, the the Cavaliers backcourt is very good. I think the Hawks are a little bit overrated. I think the Bucks. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks got dropped in the first round this year. I think the 76ers are the best team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, when you look at the West, I just the, the West is just all jumbled up outside of the Clippers and the Lakers. I think Utah could be the third best team. Uh, San Antonio, when they're healthy and they have all their pieces, I think they could be uh, problematic too. Because I really like DeJounte Murray and I yeah, really like he was Kel- a dark horse for me yep. for most improved player this year. Yeah, and I really like Kel- I got I for most improved player I had um uh who did I go with? Uh I think I gave out Gilgis Alexander, even though you know he was near the top. I just thought we obviously knew his usage was gonna go up and he's gonna have to carry that team. So I know it was kind of you know one of the favorites, and I think yeah, and I put Murray as a dark horse. I know I had Jordan Clarkson for six man. Yeah, that was that's he's the favorite right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, you know who I had? For, you know who I had? I had uh, Kobe White for most improved player. Kobe White and DeAndre Hunter. 
Okay. Yeah, Hunter's been playing well. They've had some injuries. He's needed to step up. Yeah. Um, so there, those are some of the things, like I said, Murray and, and then the kid Kelvin Johnson is playing good as well. But I really, I really am impressed with that Cavs backcourt. And the 76ers are playing good. I remember telling Robin Lundberg before the season started, I was like, I think Joel Embiid has an MVP in him. And um, it's gonna be tough to do that. But uh he when he's healthy, he's not he's not well, I mean, you listen to me, this uh, audio will get played tomorrow. He's not playing tonight, but um when he's healthy and he's out there, son, he can be dominant. I think I think having Doc Rivers as the coach has really improved his game. Well, I also think they made the right moves. Last year, they didn't have enough shooters to space the court. And adding yep. Curry and Danny Green, I thought, were good fits. I know, you know, Danny Green's not what he God, was. washed but, up, son. Yeah, but, you know, they, Curry was a really good addition to this team. He was. I agree with that 100%. Uh, like you said, spacing the floor takes pressure off of Simmons. I mean, what, yo, what is Simmons to hit a three-point prop? What is, what is that now? Was it plus 200, something like that? And usually, yeah, I don't even look yeah. at it, but yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know, you bring, you brought up the Sixers. They are eleven and one when Embiid and Simmons play this year. Yeah, nah, they're going to be tough. They're going to be a tough out. Uh, I see Brooklyn and Philadelphia in the conference finals. Philadelphia is going to be a Philadelphia is going to be a tough out. You know what I'm saying? And, oh, and so you West, do give Brooklyn that much credit that you see them getting to the Eastern Conference Finals? I think they'll get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I I, I do think that they can get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and nobody's really tough enough. Coming down the track, I mean, Boston is going to give them a hard time too. Um, and you know, if it's really Philadelphia, Boston, like I said, I do not like Milwaukee at all. Yeah, I've been kind of going against Milwaukee a little bit. I'm the, fading. I'm fading. Tell you, I'm fading this year. Once I'm fading the Bucks and I'm fading the Raptors. Yeah, the Raptors got off to an atrocious start. They're starting to pick it up a little bit. Yeah. But do you think why is is does playing in Tampa Bay affect them at all? I think it's playing in Tampa. And I think not having Gasol and not having um, what's the big African name? Abaka. Abaka. I think I think those two things really hurt is really hurting them right now because now you're dependent on Van Vliet and Lowry. Yeah, and Siakam. Siakam not, not, he's not the same he's player. Just, he stunk in the bubble and he stunk to start this season. Yeah, he's picked it up a little bit lately, but he is out again. He missed Sunday and he's not playing on Monday. Kyle Lowry does come back uh, as they did get off to a slow start, but. Yeah, I mean, I think the NBA has been fun so far, man. And like I said, uh, player player props are something I really like because, you know, Jeremy Grant was a guy that I was attacking. He finally oh, let me down a few nights ago, and I backed great. off his props now. But he was going over every night. The books were slow slow to catch up. I mean, he was like 15, 16 points, 16 and a half on the books. It finally went up to like 23 and a half, and he was still going over. I was doing his points, rebounds, assists. And now, like anything, you know a streak's going to come to an end. He's cooled off a little bit. I backed off. But there's always little edges like Aaron Gordon. We'll see if it works. I gave out again over five and a half assists. He's basically running with the ball in his hands with Markel Fultz out. And he's basically the point guard with the second unit. And he's been going well over that number. So that's the good thing about player props. You can find a little bit of an edge. And sometimes it takes the books a little while to catch up. No, that is good. And, you know, you can obviously, you know, I'm a league pass guy. I'm sure you are, too, just watching a lot of these games that outside of the nationally televised games. A lot of people have a beat on those, and those games are always going to be heavily bet on. But you can find little, little, little intricacies in some of those games are not nationally televised, especially with those, uh, with those player props. So you know, like the Cavaliers, you know, what I'm saying I think I mentioned it to you. Somebody against somebody, the Cavaliers do not defend the three well. Somebody always goes off for three against the Cavaliers. You know, it's been a disappointment so far this season, son. Devonte Graham. Oh yeah, you know what's what funny happened to him, that? yo? Be, well, he's picked it up a little bit lately because actually. So we do, we started now like a, a play of the day for the prop article and the wagering article. And my prop of the day 
on Sunday was Devontae Graham over 14 and a half points. Thank goodness he got 15, so it cashed. Uh, but yeah, he he I think it was the last four games he's been better, but oh my goodness, to start the year, he could not shoot for shit. Yeah, I was shocked because last year, you know, you know, um, I believe Bam won. No, Brandon Ingram won the most the most. Yeah, I thought it should have been Bam. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, either or, but well, I mean, Ingram was, was great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, but he, Graham he wasn't was even in the mix, and Graham raises point per game average by ten points. I yeah, I mean, those are always tough, but I mean, yeah, he clearly improved a lot. But I thought Ingram and Bam were yeah, just well, Ingram like, went crazy, and Bam is like a superstar, and, and and so is Brandon Ingram. But um, yeah. Um, I was I was shocked to see Graham get off to the slow start. Ball with that triple double was interesting, but he doesn't get enough minutes. No, and then if you saw the other night, they only played 16 minutes. He had five turnovers, and they were saying, "Yeah, if he's going to turn it over that much, yeah, you know, he can't play." He did bounce back on Sunday, I believe it was. Uh-huh. But yeah, because for for a while I was attacking his props too, and I've had to back off lately because you know it's always risky with those guys playing limited minutes off the bench. But there was a stretch he was crushing his props. Oh uh, yeah, no, no, no doubt. Who else has been uh, doing? You know, what do you think about the rookies? That, that the dude from Sacramento, Halliburton's son. Oh my god! Yeah, man. I, look, I I was a little surprised the Knicks didn't take him. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, they, I mean, they could have really used him. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. they needed they needed something. They needed a guard for 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 20 years now. I mean, I they mean, had a, you, they had a fat Raymond Felton one year. Other than that, <laughs> you know like, what I'm saying? How do you how do you feel about the Knicks right now? Because they're really competitive. They're fighting hard under Thibs. They're playing great defense. We know they're not a good offensive team, but as a Knicks fan, like, how do you assess this team right now? I think you're more optimistic than you've been in a while. You know what I'm saying? I think you have Tibbs in there who is a culture builder, right? But, you know, at some point the players are going to, you know, unify and run Tibbs out of there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody wants to play 42 minutes every night. You know, Tibbs, but Tibbs is a good culture builder. He will not be there if the team starts to hit. Um, you want to see Toppin get out there and play some more. R.J. Barrett needs to get his three-stroke together if he's going to be the best player and the go-to scorer on the team. But a veteran like Rivers also helps in Julius Randle. I ultimately, like I said, I'm more optimistic than I've been on them for years now. What I will say is I see them in that 7-10 to 10 range. Like, they're going to be in that, that playing game mix. That playing game mix is probably going to be Atlanta, Charlotte, New York, and somebody else. Yeah, with the way they're playing, I mean, and they even had the backdoor cover against Portland on Sunday night. That was big, uh, right? Right, so. line was four, and then they get the basket <laughs> right at the end. So the Knicks are normally use that, lose that game. You know what I'm saying? So I remember a great story. Um, you know, living here in the city, whatever. So um, I remember uh, living here in the city. You know, you can't bet. So I remember one time I was going down uh, for the SEC championship game. And uh, so I said, okay, I'll leave out of Newark because this way I could put the bets in. So I had like a five game. I had five games I was laying it on that night. Uh, so I put the five games in, and then I, I staked them all single, then I parlayed it. You know what I'm saying? So I get off the airport, get down, get to the hotel, get ready to, you know, meet the crew, get the assignments and stuff like that. Then get, you know, chill a little bit of time, you know, for myself. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Around this- in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> a little, little Jerkins? No, 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 no. Not, not, no, 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 son. <laughs> no, this is the real thing. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm watching whatever the case, right? So I'm like, okay, the first game hits, the second game hits. You know what I mean? Cheesecake Factory. The third game comes in. Oklahoma City was amazing last year against the spread. Yes, they had came from behind. And they ended up covering the number and winning the game. And the last one was the Knicks. 
And it was, son, I think it was like maybe four minutes and change left in the game. And I had the over. And they, the Knicks, and, the, and I forgot who they were playing, they scored like three points in like five, in like four and a half minutes of the game. Right? That's the worst shit in the world, bro. Uh-huh. When you're like, oh, I've got this over easy. And then one team cannot score. Marcus Morris went to the free throw line to send the game to overtime and missed both the free throws. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he had money on the, on the, on the, on the under. <laughs> he missed both the free throws. Son, I was shocked, yo. I was like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me this didn't hit? Who's the? I'll let you go on this. Who's the one team that has screwed you the most this year? For me, it's been the Clippers, bro. I don't know what it is. And even last year, because I had the Clippers winning the championship last year. I had money on them. They just keep screwing me this year. I haven't done anything lately, but I think it was against it was against a real bad team. I had like the over 119 and a half, and they scored 115. And they scored 20 points in the third quarter, bro. In the fourth quarter. It was last week. I can't remember. I don't know if it was Minnesota. It was a real bad defensive team. And the Clippers were going over that number every night. And they finished with 115 with 20 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, that's a tough one right there. Um, I've had bad luck so far this year with Miami. Uh, Miami's not been playing well so far this year. Pretty bad against the spread. They haven't looked good. Um, So Miami's been a team that I've struggled with. I've actually had very good luck with the Pacers. I've been able to nail the Pacers for the most part this year. Um, And I've been doing well with the Spurs and the Suns. But, oh, yo, son, it, it never fails. The Dallas Mavericks. I cannot bet the Mavericks to save my life. And I'm laying them tonight. I'm, I'm No, I'm laying on the Magic. Who they play tonight? They play uh, the, Dallas, Denver. I got the Nuggets tonight. Watch Dallas win the game. So I, I, I'm, <laughs> I, got I'm, the over, I got the over on that game. I gave out the I over to like at the time. I don't know if it's going up. The game when the, in the bubble. When Luca hit the shot versus the Clippers, like you know what I'm saying, like I had the Clippers, you know what I mean, like son, the Mavericks, I'm the son, I must be like 0-12 betting the Mavericks. You know how DraftKings has a little thing at the end of the year, and yeah. they take your best team was last, and I was shocked to see this last year. My most profitable team was the Orlando Magic. I thought it would have been the Grizzlies, but it was the Orlando Magic. Yeah, those are always fun to look at. But, yeah, Dallas has been a very difficult team to figure out this year because there are spots where you expect them not to do well, they do well, and then spots where you expect them to do well, and it just doesn't happen. So they've been a very interesting team. I I thought they'd be – I mean, they've also – you know, these teams have hit with COVID. Oh, real quick, one more thing. So we've seen a lot of teams hit by COVID, Washington, Memphis, Boston. Do you think this will affect the season, or do you think the NBA is just going to like, hey, we're going to power through this and we'll, we'll figure it out? They're going to power through it. They're going to figure it out. We've seen baseball do that. Uh, we saw we saw baseball do it. We saw the NFL do it at some point. Everybody's always screaming, stop the season for a couple of weeks and get everything under control. And the leagues just push on and they get it done. I think we see that the NBA did the schedule the way they did do the schedule so they can have some flexibility in the second half of the season. So um, I think they'll figure out a way to power through it. You know, I'm even hearing now, they're talking about, they said they canceled All-Star Weekend, but they never said they canceled the All-Star game. Yeah, I saw some story float across that they're trying to figure out a way to play an All-Star game in March. Yeah, they're going to try to play an All-Star game in March, I guess, like the weekend before March Madness starts. That'll be interesting to see if they get it done, man. I could talk to you all night, bro. It's always no good doubt. times. But let people know where they can find all your stuff. Yeah, and every day on SI.com. Not every day, Monday through Friday. I'm going to play that. <laughs> you know oh, what I'm God, saying? Dude, I'm, I got to do shit on the weekends, man. You get that right, <laughs> yeah, good bro? luck. I'm writing articles every day. <laughs> Yeah, good luck. I watch football on the weekends and eat chicken wings. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) 
So, uh, yeah, so now SI.com, Monday through Friday, the, 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 the daily rundown. Also got the SI Fantasy Podcast with Michael Fabiano. And then me and my guy, Frankie Fatstacks, do the SI Gambling Podcast a couple times a week. Yeah, I like got- Frankie, bro. I was hanging out the last few years. I was in Vegas for the FFWC. Uh, hanging out with a man. Good dude. We missed the FFWC this past year. Hopefully they get it back. Have you ever done the King's Classic, Ronas? I have not, no. I do the King's Classic, bro. If they, it's, they, they, they're talking about doing it live again this year in Canton, Ohio. You got you got to um you got to figure out a way. Hit up Bob. You know Bob Long to put you. Yeah, in I that. know Bob Long, Mister Consistency. Who, who, matter of fact, who who does who represents the fantasy alum in the Kings uh, class? I'm assuming Bender went there, right? I so think I he was in it. Bender's trash. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 Yo, he won. He won the GST League this year. The other one. Howard Bender? Yeah, he won wow. one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, so. I would, and you know what? You're right, son, because I beat Bender in the King's Classic this year. That's oh, who I beat. Remember. Was Bender, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, take Bender's spot next year, son. He don't need to go out there. You can have multiple representatives. You don't need one. I'll talk to Bob. He did invite me out one year, and I couldn't go. It was last minute. I don't know if it was. It wasn't this year. Maybe last year. So I'm sure if I tell him, hey, I won in. I'm sure he could find a spot. Yeah, no doubt, because he's going to do like a, con- a convention with that joint this year, right? So it's going to be like a King's Classic and a convention. And here's the thing that's crazy, though, Ron, is which is, this is what you do, because I learned it the hard way. You know, the Akron Airport is like a small airport, right? So they, uh, they most of the flights that come in out of Akron get canceled. So if you got to fly into Cleveland, then take like that $65 Uber into Akron. You know what I'm saying? Because I thought I was going to live out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I had a flight canceled on me. And they was like, yo, it was a Sunday, son. They was like, yo, we get you out of here on Thursday. Damn. All right. Well, I'll uh, hit you up for advice if that happens. But again, always good catching up with Corey Parson. We go way back. And man, that's a lot of fun. Hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. Uh, but thanks, Corey, for joining me here. It is the In the Up podcast presented by the Sawdust Podcast Network. And we'll catch you tomorrow here on Annie Up.